Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rockin' All Week with You, a Happy Days podcast. I'm your host, Dan Budnick. How you doing? This is Season 3, Episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Season 3, Episode 5, and what, 25th overall episode, which is cool. And this episode, we are talking Fonzie the Flatfoot and a date with Fonzie, November 4th, 1975, November 11th. 1975. Let us, yeah, and in this, uh, Fonzie the Flatfoot, I'll just say right off, begins with uh, the, well, it's the return of Officer Kirk, who we saw a couple episodes ago, and it's the last appearance, I think, apart from a flashback much later on, although maybe not that much later on, uh, the last appearance of Marsha. You remember Marsha from last season? We haven't seen her in ages, and we supposedly had seen her last. We couldn't find her in the episode that she was supposed to be in. Well, apparently, yeah. This this is this is her her last regular I get ish appearance although she hasn't been on the show in ages so yeah and she does appear again Arnold isn't in it but she is and uh, yeah let let me play a little blast of something we'll come back and um, discuss the plot and uh, talk all over Fonzie the Flatfoot. This one, the police, well, Kirk shows up uh, one night looking for the Fonz. Well, sort of looking for the Fonz. He's actually looking for Mr. C to have Mr. C talk to the Fonz. Uh, Mr. C has something, uh, according to Mr. C, like 100 parking tickets for parking illegally in front of his hardware store uh, that he refuses to pay because he believes it should be a loading zone because he owns the store. And Kirk tells him, if you can get the funds to help out with something, we'll give you that loading zone in front of your store. And I guess the tickets will go away, or maybe or maybe not. And what they want is the Fonz's old gang. Is it the Falcons? I forget which gang is his. Yes, the Falcons. 
uh, who he hasn't been, he hasn't been with the gang for three years, are going to fight the dragons. And at one point, I guess um, they had a, a, a place where they stayed called like Iggy's or something, and. Um, uh, the Fonz kind of uh, there was a battle for Iggy's that the Fonz basically won on his own to get the dragons out of there, but now the dragons are causing them trouble, so they're gonna they're gonna rumble. And uh, Kirk doesn't want them to rumble, so he wants the Fonz to become a cop for a few days and convince them to do something other than fight. And they sort of come up with the idea. Well, Richie does like, well, how about a softball game? They could play a softball game. And Fonz is like, sure, whatever. And he shows up, and the Fonz is dressed as a cop and acts a bit like a cop and. Um, and uh, and then the uh, the Falcons show up at Arnold's and uh, meet up with the Fonz as a cop and um, I, I don't know where I should stop this uh, this um, this plot breakdown because you know do, does the Fonz save the day? Yes. How does he save the day? Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. And anyways, um, this this one is is directed by Jerry Paris, uh, teleplayed by Marty Nadler. Nadler and uh, script uh, story by Arthur Silver, both of whom uh, gentlemen who would work on uh, Happy Days uh, over the next uh, year or so, and 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 also things like The Vernon Shirley and Mary with Children, um, Working Stiffs, uh, the super fun Working Stiffs, and other uh, shows, and so they were kind of like, um, well, they weren't quite seasoned sitcom veterans at this time, but you think they'd have written like a thousand scripts by the way this one is written um and i'll get back to that in a minute but the uh, yeah so so this is kind of their I, th- I think i think forgive me if i'm wrong i think martin adler is like a creative consultant on the show at this time but they wrote the script and um i'll just go through some things uh you hear dream uh all i have to do is dream the uh, the Everly Brothers song, which was released and became a big hit, released in like March or April of '58. You hear another song at the end that I honestly can't hear enough of the lyrics of um, to sort of make out what it is. Um, unfortunately, if anyone knows what song that is playing at the end uh, on the jukebox when um, uh, the Fonz dances with it's it's funny is the Fonz dances with a gal we've seen before who they call Paula Petrolunga, kind of a taller, statuesque kind of lovely gal. Um, and but the but the she's called Roberta in the credits, which is a little weird. She's played by as it was it uh, Melissa Melissa Melinda Nod, N A U D, who was in a lot of stuff, Operation Petticoat, uh, she was in Detective School, which is a short lived show. She was yeah, a few episodes of Happy Days here. She was in Date uh, for Thanks on uh, Walton's Mountain. She was in other things beyond death's door uh, i think it was a tv movie or no that wasn't a tv movie I've, beyond death's door i think henny shellrup directed that if i remember correctly she was an episode of flying high you know her when you saw her she's um she's a very beautiful woman and she um in here she i i kind of remember her as a blonde but in here she's like a brunette um there's that um uh as far as dating goes i think the all i all i want to do is dream all i have to do is dream uh sticks us in the in the 1958 realm where i still consider us to be in and uh, mr c does say at one point that he's looking forward to celebrating christmas with the Fonz, and they i believe they celebrated christmas with them last year when when did we decide was that 57 i um I'm going to uh, I'm 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 going to go with I'm going to go with that, um, and uh, on the waterfront is mentioned, uh, which came out '53, I believe, uh, Burt Lancaster and on the waterfront busting a bottle um, for a fight related thing, and Ralph tries to bust a bottle to stop um, 
the Falcons and the Dragons from fighting in the end, and it doesn't work. There's a rather forced gag involving a broken bottle soon after that, with Jerry Paris giving plenty of space to the non-existent wall in Arnold's. Uh, let's see, what else do... Oh, yep, the, the Nippet pinball game is still there. Weird, weird time-related thing here. Um, in the breakfast scene after the Fon when the Fon shows up in his uniform uh, they Joni and, and Richie are um, I think Miss C had made cinnamon buns but Joni and Richie are eating Raisin Bran of course Raisin Bran's been around since the 40s however the box of Raisin Bran you can go online and find it the box of Raisin Bran that they're eating from is not from the 40s in in fact it says it what is it i I took a picture of it here it was much to my surprise it's funny because you can see i mean obviously they they i think they they did it because you they probably weren't able to show possibly weren't able to show the front of the box saying raisin bran but then you can see the flap of the box that says raisin bran which ends up, up being a little weird but um on the box it's what is it it is um, it is a, it's more or less like kids get your fun ball free and you see like some kids standing on a shoreline or something with a gigantic um, blue ball with holes in it just flying towards them it's almost like a variation of that thing in the prisoner you know that used to attack everyone that giant balloon this giant ball is flying at these kids um, this episode obviously aired in November 1975 when I went online and, and googled Raisin Bran a fun ball free i immediately found links to several auctions online to 1976 boxes of raisin bran with fun ball free uh, on it uh so so i'm saying that this is supposed to be set in late 1958 but the box of raisin bran is saying that this is set in late 1975 1976 well, okay. I, I it's 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 weird. It's weird that they would do that. I mean, because when the show, I, I mean, we all know, like when the show show gets on, yeah, Joni will start to get very like '80s style haircuts, and even and there will be times later on in the series when they seem to forget that they're supposed to be at that point set in the early to mid '60s rather than in the early to mid '80s. Um, but this this point, they they try to keep it. I mean, what does they have? Is a poster for what's the movies? Of Friends and Lovers. Um, I forget, they, they posted for a movie that came out on 54, 55. Ah, you see it in the background. I didn't write, I'm sorry, I didn't write down the name of it. But but then, of course, on the Waterfront's Mansion, an Everly Brothers song is, is in there. But then, yeah, very obviously, you have a box of cereal. That's circa 1975. Mm, okay. Um, I'm sure if, if I had done even more research into that, I could have found out when that started, and I could probably have found a commercial. Um, get your free fun ball from Raisin Bran. I used to love raisin bran when I was a kid. Wasn't it awesome? I mean, when you look it up, there was always like, "What's well, got the bran and it's got raisins? It's got to be the one that's good for you." I think my mom used to think that too. But I mean, the thing is smothered in sugar. That's why it tastes so freaking good. You know, raisins are fine. You know, and and bran is fine. The reason why we loved it is because it's coated. In, they if they called it sugar raisin bran, mothers would have raised an eyebrow. And yeah, one of my favorites. I don't I don't eat as much breakfast cereals, you know, as I used to as a kid, but boy, I loved it. Mm-mm-mm. Hey, I used to watch Fonz and the Happy Days Gang when they're traveling through time. Uh, with a couple big bowls of uh, breakfast cereal and 
always make it would always make sure we were growing up that my, my my sister and I would make sure that our ma had at least like four or five different kinds of cereal we'd have a little bowl throughout the week you know and, and a little something else for breakfast but then yeah you'd get up I was up by eight 8 a.m. to I would say 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. sitting there Saturday morning not not eating cereal the whole time but 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. and then after 11 I want to say is when we used to segue into live action shows and game shows and sometimes it was fine uh, the Ghostbusters or ISIS or Captain Marvel or um uh some of the other filmation shows or or when the show like Starcade was on that was awesome but generally it was 8 to 11 I think is is the time on that and what did you do back then circa 1979 1980 when um uh you know when you didn't have a VCR and you could only pick one thing from the schedule when you literally had to you know you were you get a commercial on and you'd flip to the other station to see what was going on there and how the heck did I miss the I remember very clearly what is it the second season of Super Friends which is what 77 or 78 the hour long one the Super Friends hour you know where they'd have health tips and magic and the Wonder Twins would tell you you do adventures where you shouldn't hitchhike and but the but the next year the next season of Super Friends the moment challenge of the Super Friends I didn't see that at all when I was a kid and yet the season after that like season four I remember some of those so I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I Unless they didn't show Challenge of the Super Friends um, on the local station where we were, maybe they just showed um, maybe they just showed the first half hour of the Super Friends that wasn't the challenge. I don't know. I don't even know where I went right there. Um, did they have Saturday morning kids cartoons in nineteen fifty eight? I want to say no. They did have cartoons, obviously. Um, so, anyways, where am I? Where was? Where was I? Where are we? So those are all the things I can think of off the top of my head. Sort of actors and um uh raisin bran and paula and rin tin tin gets mentioned and the lone ranger gets mentioned but the lone ranger had been around for ages this is where we first get the fonz um uh he he likes the lone ranger and this this will be a big thing in a few seasons there'll be a big episode uh revolving around that but you learn here they can't convince him to become a cop but when they convince him to be like um the lone ranger he's all for it and uh, it's, it, I mean, when you get to see the his old gang, the Falcons, who just look like some like guys. I mean, they're almost wearing exactly the sort of like varsity football jackets the guys used to wear in my high school. You know, and, and like in your senior year, you know, the the the. the, the and so I'm not 100 percent sure. I I expected, I expected like proper biker gangs. So so which which means that the Fonz went over the course of the three years. Well. Of course, we've spent most of the past what two years or so with the Fonz or whatever. But but he so he left the gang three years ago, and when we see him, we know of his reputation as being a guy who was in a gang. But now he's a biker guy, and so the and the gang are not biker guys at all. They're really obnoxious. I mean, you'll recognize some of the guys from the Dragons, um, and uh, or the main guy from the Dragons at least. And the Dragons have like red jackets on that say Dragons on the back, and and the um, and the Falcons have uh, black jackets with like yellow trim and white sleeves with the falcons written on the back and they're sort of greasery they're a mix of greasery guys and and the um the, the head of the falcons is wearing like um i don't know what kind of hat is that that's not a that's not a beret what what sort of hat is that he's wearing he's wearing a hat that isn't i don't know it doesn't seem particularly cool as far as hats go but but then i'm not the head of the falcons um again Marsha is in the episode i bring that up and she shows up and she makes some jokes and she seems to be the only one 
in the restaurant. I guess they know that the Falcons and the um, the Dragons are. It's it's kind of weird. I mean, it's meant to be. You know, we saw Arnold earlier in the season say, you know, he wants people in. He wants more people in. This, that, and the other. And and yet he's he's perfectly willing to give over the um, the place to these gangs for one night. I mean, it's weird. I think the. I forget if the the first time we're in Arnold's, whether there's any... Paula's there. There are some people there the first time. But the second time, there's no one there. Now, I don't know if the extra extra budget ran out or, or what, what it was, but it just it just seems a little strange to me that he allowed the place empty. I mean, maybe he was working with, with Kirk or something like that and the Fonz who had been sort of deputized, as it were. But it does seem strange that it, this is Arnold's and this is meant to be a bustling spot where all the kids go. And, you know, for the night, they just got one waitress. I see no one moving around in the back in the, in the chef area, you know. And, and, and then when the, the guys leave, Richie and, and his friends leave, the, the Fonzie just calls it back in, Petra or Paula or Petra Lung or, or Roberta or, or whatever her name is, and they, and they dance, you know. And, and um yeah, it's a bit of a strange use, I think, of Arnold. It's almost almost like they, like I said, like they forgot what it was meant to be. Um, and I would say overall, my thoughts, my personal thoughts on this episode is, um, this is neither Marty nor Arthur's best. Um, it's very sitcom-y. I mean, to the point where it's it's funny. It's very sitcom-y, but in the first few minutes, there aren't a lot of like big laugh moments. Almost like the crowd is like. Mm, this isn't very good. And then someone kind of came up to them and said, you guys, you have to laugh at everything that happens. And it's just, it's, it's, it's weird because you, you know, you get, you get like, like the Fonz hasn't done anything. He's not part of the gang anymore. Mr. C has done something. He's got apparently a hundred parking tickets and he kind of gets the Fonz to do this and the Fonz doesn't want to do it. But then of course, once the Fonz gets dressed up as a cop, he's very serious about it and he gives the Cunninghams a ticket, something to do with their garbage cans and, you know, it becomes very serious about it until he doesn't. Um, then, then you know, Richie becomes very serious about it. But then that, that the, the sort of the Richie plot line in like the third act is, it's, it's, it, it it feels like one of those plot lines maybe where like like Arthur wrote it into the original story or maybe it wasn't in the original story and then when Marty took over he should have either taken it out or not added it because we'll talk about it in a minute but it's just um the the, the Richie stuff is kind of dumb in the third act unfortunately although I do like he he does an impersonation of the Fonz which you should see and it's pretty funny and the Fonz really should have someone spot him when he's lifting weights this is just this is a safety thing maybe it wasn't something they did in the fifties. And uh, what else is going on in this episode? Yeah, I, jo- Joni does get some good yelling in about how she's already being sent up to her room, and um, uh, it's, it's just it's just a bit too sitcommy, just the way because um, it's tricky. Because uh, I, I haven't minded the sitcom way that the show has changed since the the, the season began, but in this episode, it got on my nerves. Um, it felt a little a little tiring at times. Like um, there's a moment where. Um, uh, you know, uh, the Fonz is in his his cop outfit. He's got a tie, and Joni laughs at him. And is, are you laughing at Are you laughing at the Fonz? You know, I'm take this. Uh, you got to get out of this uniform. You're gonna laugh at the Fonz. Mister says, No, no, no. Joni always laughs at ties, don't you, Joni? Here, look at my tie. Your tie's not funny, Dad. And and it becomes one of those things. Yeah, she's always laughing at tie. You know, instead of just saying, Well, she laughed because she she's. They they sort of say like, Well, she'd never seen you in a tie before. 
and she always laughs at Todd. And it's just a strange thing where, like, why not just say, why not just say, well, she she laughed because she's never seen you dress like that, and make something funny from that, rather than like reach into a. a, a 25-year-old bag of comedy and pull out a joke that wasn't funny when it first happened and it ain't funny now. Um are there funny bits in the episode? Yeah, the Fonz the Fonz has some has some good moments um before he becomes the cop. When he's the cop, he, he's okay. He has he has some charming moments. Um uh and and Richie's impersonation is 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 fun uh of the Fonz. Um but but a lot of it like the the shtick at the beginning with um well I mean the stuff with the Fonz at the beginning and you know Richie telling him the cops uh, the cops are on the way and and Fonz begins to immediately pack like he's getting out of town it's like what what are you doing Fonz you haven't done anything <laughs> what why are you doing that it it just seems weird almost like um you know someone forgot to tell the writers that the Fonz may have done some shady things in the past but he's more than made up for whatever they are and he's not doing anything shady now he works as a mechanic he has a nice little place above the garage and it's just this weird thing where un- unless we're meant to think there oh he has done something shady but i don't think that when i watch it i just think that's that's a little dumb and then mr c's response to the cops being outside the door is is okay it's not great and then kirk shows up and bosses mr c around i'm not sure I don't like the Kurt character. I forget how many episodes he shows up in, but I know we have more to uh, to deal with. Um, I just find his character annoying. Luckily, he is only in the one scene. He doesn't have a big, big part in this. He's just in this scene where he takes Mr. C outside to beat him with a... Ro- no, um, uh, to uh, uh, tell him... Uh, what what's going on with with the gangs those goofball gangs and so I, I do I mean I do like the fact that the Fonz went from I mean to me when I see the Falcons there's nothing cool about the Falcons so the fact that the Fonz is so cool now means that over the three I mean when we met him he was pretty darn cool so and and so so that means he left the Falcons and fairly quickly like I'm I mean, I'm imagining almost like he got rid of the Falcons jacket got the um the jacket he wore in the first season, which I'm not going to give a name to, but you know, that kind of green jacket he was wearing, and then gradually got the leather jacket. So he kind of like progressed in levels of cool, as it were. It's it's just a, a weird episode where um, there, there's no lesson to be learned in the episode. So it's not about teaching a lesson. And the scenes with the gang are, are so, so minimal and they're so unthreatening. Um when Fonzie is there now that's sort of the thing with the closing it's like the two gangs show up and Richie tries to stop it and Ralph tries to break the bottle and he can't and the Fonz and Potsy's just being scared and then when it looks like there's going to be a fight Fonzie shows in and everything stops and so it's it's almost it's it's almost like when the Fonz shows up in in future seasons when the Fonz shows up at a point like this the crowd will cheer and applaud but here they're pretty subdued when the Fonz shows up because I think it's very obvious that the Fonz is going to show up. Richie won't be able to take care of because what yeah the Fonz basically says I'm, you know the dragons told me to said I've been saying the Fonz can sit on it, and so I'm going to fight alongside the Falcons. No, you're not, Fonzie. Okay, I'm not. Uh, they can do whatever. Well, they're com- they're both coming to the the diner, and they're both coming to Arnold's, and they're going to fight. And so Richie becomes deputized, and he he's down there like I'm not scared. I'm not scared. I'm going to stop you guys. And then it's really weird. Like I said, it's really weird because Richie tries to stop them. It's completely ineffectual. The Fon shows up, gets rid of them, and then says like, 
Marcia comes in, Fonz, you were so wonderful. And all of them are like, Fonz, you were so great. Oh, Fonz, you were so wonderful. And no one for a moment says, Fonz, you kind of wimped out there. Um, now, now, I know he'd punch me for saying that, but you kind of pushed out there. And Richie was going to risk like his his hide in order to try to stop this thing that you were supposed to have stopped immediately. Richie is kind of the hero here because if if Richie hadn't been there to stand up for them, that fight would have already started and it would have already been going. So Richie stops them until the fight. That's going to be, I think that's probably going to be a motif of the show. Richie stops them until the Fonz can show up and save the day. And it is kind of a weird, and, and it is like, Richie doesn't learn anything from it. He almost gets beat up. Is his, what he does is ignored. And it's, like I said, I, it's, it's almost a plot line that I wish one of the two guys involved had said, like, let's not do that. Let's let's not do that. Let's just have them go down there and see if they can do something, and then they can't, and the Fonz is up. But instead, it's very particular. The You know, Richie has some of the Fonz's cop outfit on, and he's like, you know, I'm not afraid. I'm going to stop you guys. And then he's completely ineffectual. And so it ends up, that ends up feeling weird. The whole episode kind of feels weird to me. The, um... This this weird idea of, you know, like he, um, uh, I'm 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 Kirk Kirk sorry, like Kirk doesn't like the Fonz doesn't seem to really like anyone but he doesn't like the Fonz but just the fact that he they make him a cop, special forces cop, in order to do this, doesn't make sense to me, and then the way the Fonz is ready to do it until he's told that the dragons have been telling him to sit on it and suddenly he's not going to do it but he told everyone they do it so it's like no cops are going to show up to help because they think the Fonz is taking care of it so then Richie's going to do it but Richie's it's such a weird episode because it there are I think there are ways to write sitcoms like this with the loud raucous audience where you have to joke every everything everything is a set everything is either a joke or a setup for the next joke kind of thing there's a way you can write them well and a way where it's not as good there's a way where the jokes feel stale where people act contrary to the i mean the the, the way the fonz acts like in the opening scene and the way he kind of throws a hissy fit and refuses to do what he said he was going to do up until he puts Richie in danger, and then he kind of puts Richie in danger. All of that is so unfonds. Now, what Richie does is very Richie-like, but the fact that it's a it's a bust is is weird. And and Mister C kind of pulling the Fonz into this so he can get a loading zone is odd. And it's Marsha appearing is strange. And the best part about it probably is um is Paula playing pinball and then dancing with the font she's gorgeous um i watching okay let let can we can we hop back a few episodes to the other richie cunningham where we discuss potsy and the way he treats uh women in this episode uh paula uh, roberta is playing pinball and she's moving her behind uh in a in the dress and all i could think of was underalls are fun to wear as she was doing that scene and Potsy and two other guys, and at the end, just Potsy, are just, like, leering at her behind. I mean, it's, it, I, it may have been amusing at the time, and it's, she's certainly got a nice behind, but just, it's just the way Potsy is looking at her behind, not like, like, he's not looking at it, like, whimsically, like, 
Oh, that's a lovely tush. He's looking at it like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, kind of thing. And it's just like, ooh, Potsy. Oh, my God, I can see how you went crazy and assaulted that girl a few episodes ago. And you see that? It's just like they're, they're trying to make Potsy into this kind of dumb, nerdy guy who's going to get ner- dumber and dumber as the show goes along. But, boy, that moment and the moment the other Richie Cunningham just, I mean, he's... He's, he's skeezy. He's this is sleazy skeezy potsy, and I just I just it's funny. I see him in that, and then the rest of the episode when I see him doing stuff, I'm like, oh pots, no, oh yuck. Okay, so I'm sure he will redeem himself hopefully at some time, and we've all looked at a nice behind. Uh, I'm not going to um, put him down for that. It's the way they have him looking at the nice behind it. His response to having done it that like I said, ties in with the previous episode and leads to some behavior regarding women uh, possibly that uh, we've seen are not good. Ralph ends up just looking like an idiot. Richie, unfortunately, ends up looking like an idiot. Potsy ends up looking like a nerdy idiot who also is a gross lech. There you go. And let, let's talk the um, this shattering of the glass. Uh, 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 Ralph can't get the, the, the his empty glass to shatter, but his glass filled with Coke shatters when they toast. He sets the glass down and shatters all over the place. And the guys all break in hysterics. Um, and even this, like, the show has had moments that have ended with everyone smiling and being happy and maybe laughing. Let, let, let's, like... Let's look at the next four episodes, a good sampling in sort of classic TV sitcom time. And let's see how many of the next four episodes end. Now, this doesn't end with it because there's a tag scene with Paula uh, with the dancing. But the main portion of the episode, I mean, like in syndication, most likely that, that tag scene would have been cut out for time. So the ending would have been Ralph slamming this down and they all break into hysterics. And let us look at the next four episodes. And please, I'm dying to hope I remember this. Let's look at the next four episodes and see how many of them end with someone makes a joke that isn't funny and there's hysterical laughter and then we go to a commercial. Because that's more or less what happens here. He breaks the glass. Uh, Henry Winkler, who I, I love to bits, is far too emphatic in his laughter. Potsy takes off immediately after that. Uh, um, uh, Richie is a little slower on it, but he catches up to it. In the end, even Ralph looks like he's going to laugh for real. And it's um, it's not a good joke, I don't think. Um, uh, and they when they cut to the next scene, which takes place a moment or two later, everything's cleared up. None of the broken glass is there. None of the... I mean, it's not like... What you have to remember is when he breaks that glass, he is right technically up against the wall. So all this space in between the camera and them doesn't exist. So he's pressed the, he's right up against the wall and he shatters a glass. That's not good. And but they laugh and laugh and it's hysterical and whatever and we can we can talk about that that awful sitcom trope till we all fall over. Um uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a strange episode because I think so far in the season, I'd have to double-check all of them. But so far in the season, I'm looking now. Yeah, so far in the season, 
yeah, this is the weakest of the episodes. This, this, I, I just don't think it's well written. Um, it's poorly structured. The, um, the things it, 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 it's building towards, um, the meeting with the, the Falcons and then the rumble don't have any weight to them at all. They just kind of happen and they're not funny enough to justify what's going on. I mean, here's the thing. You can have weak plotting in a sitcom story if the jokes are hilarious. Who cares? I mean, I was watching, um, the show the IT crowd the other day and and the um uh producer writer director of that Graham Lanahan was talking about an episode where um Moss makes a wonder bra and he was talking about sort of the uh, poor plotting and the structure isn't very good and yet it's very very funny so yes the structure isn't great on that episode but there are a lot of laugh out loud moments this has a couple laugh out loud moments but mostly it's strained and it's forced and it feels like um, it could have been another sh- version of Happy Days that we've never seen before. And it feels very generic, far too generic, I think, for this early in the show. So I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop badgering on this episode. I- I'm sure some some of you are watching and going, "Damn, this is my favorite episode of Happy Days." How can you do that? Eh, it happens. I didn't really like it. Will I like a date with Fonzie more? Yes. Listen to this. Date with Fonzie, November 11th, 1975. Directed by Jerry Paris, of course. Written by, let's see, Mark Rothman and Lowell Gans. And to be honest, from the names, especially Mr. Gans, I, I can guess that this one might be funnier than the um, previous episode. And it is. Uh, it's, it, it, it's basically, it's Valentine's Day. Huh? Yeah, I know it's Valentine's Day. They were just talking the previous episode about Mr. C spending Christmas, looking forward to spending Christmas with the Fonz. Now it's Valentine's Day. Um, I would guess from the relationship between the Fonz and Richie, we're probably now in 1959. If we were in 1958, we've hopped ahead at least four months because at one point Richie says that he broke up with Sharon Myers a month ago. They'd been going out for four months and he's going to slump. He doesn't know how to ask girls out anymore. And he doesn't. They're at, at like a Valentine's Day shindig at um, uh, Arnold's. And, and Potsy is singing uh, Great Balls of Fire, playing the guitar. Richie is playing some very subdued drums. And uh, Ralph is on um, uh, piano. And someone's on horns. And they, they do some weird... Um, uh, they they <laughs> We'll, we'll talk about the uh, the, the sequence there um, in, in a minute, um, the, the opening sequence. Uh, but yeah, yeah, Richie's in a slump, and so Fonzie is going to help him out. And the first thing he does is he takes him to the supermarket because there's, well, a lot of hot moms there and try to meet some hot moms. That doesn't go great. And then he discovers that... Uh, Mr. Mrs. C and Joni are going out of town because Aunt Bessie had something gallstone-related happen, and so they're going to visit her. She can't have fried food, and so they'll be gone for the weekend. So um, the Fonz brings out his large black book, and he calls um, two ladies who live in Milwaukee, uh, work for a local brewery, 
and they will be there the next day. And um, one of them is named uh, Laverne DeFazio, um, kind of a blousy broad with a big L on her shirt. And another is Shirley Feeney, who looks a lot like a gal. Um, Ron Howard uh, was uh, in a movie with uh, a couple of years before this. And yes, it's Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley are introduced in the original, the, the, the early Laverne and Shirley. They're much um, broader. They're much, yeah, they're much more, hi, Fonz, how you do, kind of thing, um, which would get toned down as they go. But they're meant to be, they're older here. I mean, I think Cindy Williams was, is, um, like, um, five, six, like, um, six years older, seven years older, something like that, than Ron Howard. So, so, so it, it does look, it does look, even though she does look very young in this, she does look older and feels older than than surely does feel older than um than than richie and obviously you know they say they work at the brewery and you know um richie is 17 and still at high school and that kind of thing and um you know i, I applaud the fonz for for bringing these two gals over to uh to hang out with them and and when they get to the house the fonz immediately takes laverne up to his his room i don't even want to know i don't even want to know and gary marshall doesn't want to know either it's 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 uh it's yeah as, as far as sort of setting it in time or anything goes, I mean obviously Great Balls of Fire was uh, from '56, I think. Uh, it it definitely it definitely was out and had been out and was a huge seller as of this time. Uh, and the Valentine's Day thing does throw me because because it 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 literally it it not only is a Valentine's Day, I mean I mean I was thinking we were in the vicinity of October November. But now it's specifically Valentine's Day, and it's being said that he was going out with someone named Sharon, who he wasn't, as far as we know, going out with in the previous episode, and he'd been going out with her since around October or so, probably maybe November, November, December, January, October. So, I mean, this can't, obviously, again, the problem is this can't be, this can't go back in time, because then Joni would have to be younger. And the Fonz and Richie's relationship would have to be different. And the Fonz wouldn't be living in the house. So this has to be going forward. And so I guess now we're suddenly in February of 1979. I forget if there are any holiday episodes in here, but we'll we'll find out. But other holiday episodes, I mean, in here. So, I mean, we've had a Thanksgiving, a Halloween, Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas, and Valentine's Day episodes. And this one is, it's it's weird because it is sort of about like love and trying to get Richie back on, on the stick, um, you know, um, after his uh, being in a slump. But, but there's, it's also, it does kind of, I don't, I don't know why it needs to keep the Valentine's Day thing. It could just be some sort of romantic dance or they could just be playing, but it is very specifically Valentine's Day. The Fonz sends one gal home and says, I sent you Valentine's Day, go home and wait, uh, Valentine today, go, go home and wait for it. So... So the the sort of the the main portions of this are the opening segment, the segment in the supermarket, and then sort of the second half with Fonz setting up the date, meeting the gals and Arnold's, and seeing that they get in fights and they argue a lot. Apparently, they have a fight in the gals' room, and um, uh, Shirley's head is held under the sink and under the water, and she had like one of the straps of her dress is torn when she comes out, and um, Shirley says something like uh, mentions Laverne's chubby fingers at one point. And then the, the very end, like the last five minutes, is um, is is Shirley and Richie sitting on the couch and then talking and, and Richie getting some um, 
uh, some nibbles and po- possibly a beer for um, for uh, Shirley. I, I think I think the thing I like about this episode is is that yeah, it is very sitcommy. I mean, there's you know, uh, Shirley punches Richie in the face. Richie gets locked out of the house twice. Um, um, you know, yet uh, all the all the wackiness, pushing shopping carts around and shoplifting women and everything in the supermarket. But but it's it's better. It's funnier. The lines are funnier in general. The supermarket scene is very funny. The old guy who um, uh, pushes his cart and knocks over women's cart in order to get their attention. The shoplifting gal. Uh, the gal Richie tries to uh, flirt with and just keeps getting it wrong over and over again. Uh, the great moment when the Fonz comes around the corner and Richie doesn't see who it is and pushes his cart into the Fonz's cart. And just keep your eye on Henry Winkler's face because he clearly, when he's looking at Ron Howard, he's about to laugh. And then Richie says something. Oh, I'm sorry, Fonzie. I thought you were a woman. Hey! And he kisses. He has this. He has this look on his face where you can't tell whether it's Henry Winkler about to laugh, or as we've sort of encountered before um he's very the Fonz is very amused very bemused amused by this middle class wasp family and you guys are so much fun um and so so the look he gets on his when he goes out to help Richie he is going out to help um he is he is honestly going out to help Richie but I think sort of like when you see Fonzie kind of peering from behind you know shelving units you know it's like he's clearly like sort of amused by the silliness that Richie is getting himself into, you know, and and the basis of it is that Richie has sort of lost his dating mojo. But it's luckily it's not something that's dwelt on too long. And very the moment Fonz takes over, it becomes the supermarket, then the double date, and so that's not dwelt with too long. And there are a lot of great gags. The shoplifter gag is great. The fact that she shoves all these cans into her pockets of this huge trench coat. Look! Look! I got it right here. Look at! Look at the Fonz's face when he's looking at his card after Richie. He's gonna! He's gonna laugh. What are you doing? I'm sorry, Fonz. I thought you were a woman. Hey! And then he looks like he's gonna laugh again. And like I said, I really don't know whether that's. It's probably a mix of the two, mix of the two because it is funny. It is funny, and I love the shoplifter. She's she she hides behind Richie. She fills her coat up with random cans, and then as she's going out the door, she just grabs a loaf of bread and puts it under her arm. Hey, there you go. If you, if you if you can, you can. She mentions a floor walker. I see no sign of a floor walker. It's a strange supermarket set because it's one it's one of those sets like I doubt we'll see that set again. So they built it just for what, like a four or five minute scene in this episode, and it's 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 not it's kind of a pokey set, but it's detailed, and there there are some um, there are lots of shelves, and there are lots of things, and there's a rack of pies, and there are a bunch of bread and cans and vegetables, and it's like a mini. It looks like a smaller version of the Canadian supermarket sweep uh, set, and I'm wondering if it was like if it was in something else around this time. 72, maybe maybe another show, maybe another Gary Martin. No, no, Odd Couple wasn't on anymore. But maybe there was another sitcom that was shooting in in the lot, and they had it set up. I seem to remember a Bob Newhart show having a very similar supermarket set in it. But it's nice to go to because so many like like the last episode was basically Fonz's apart is Fonz's apartment, the living room, dining room area, and the kitchen. Arnold's back to the living room dining room area back to Fonzie's Arnold's and that's it and it's always nice when you see a set that you haven't seen before and you won't see again it's 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 fun to see especially when it's just in a little scene like I mean I wonder how much they have to sort of sell that like um 
you're like, well, we'd have to build an entire set for this five-minute sequence that we're probably never going to use again. But it's a funny sequence. You're right, it is a funny sequence. And it is fun, too, because the Fonz doesn't seem to be there to pick up gals. He sent Richie there to pick up gals. He, as, as, as you know, the Fonz says, well, I'm going to do my shopping, and you do this, and the Fonz, and Richie's like, hey, you, you, you do your shopping? Well, yeah, what do you think, little elves bring all the food? I'm going to do, and so the Fonz is doing his shopping. I'm kind of monitoring Richie as Richie is trying to be cool in his in his vest and his pink shirt and everything like that. It's a good, it's a good look on him. So, yeah, so Laverne and Shirley show up, and it's awesome. Now, they're very different, obviously, from the Laverne and Shirley, who will be seeing. And at this point, the ratings in the show were shooting up from where they had been. So a lot of people would have seen this episode. And obviously, Laverne and Shirley were quite popular because in two and a half months, yes, two and a half months, less time than um, uh, Richie went out with Sharon Myers. Laverne and Shirley is on the air. I do, I do as well. Like the, the episode airs in the middle of November, and then at the end of January, Laverne and Shirley appears. That seems very quick to me. To, they must have already sort of had it in the pipeline uh, that this might be a spinoff or something like that. But it, I mean, they could, I suppose. I mean, uh, I don't know. Like, I mean, well, no, I was going to say, like, even like, um, like, say, like, BJ and the Bear, you get the Foundlings, the TV movie, and then the show comes up, like, four months later or so. But this is like putting together a full sitcom, and they, I, I guess if it was so, I, I, I'd love to, I, I don't think I have any more info in exact, I mean, I'll, I'll look it up, folks, I'll look it up. Uh, how about this, the next time, because they, I believe they appear again later in the season, I'm not sure if it's, well, when Laverne and Shirley begins, we will be discussing some Laverne and Shirley. Um, and that will be... Oh, gosh. Yeah, that's in a, a bunch of episodes from now. I think it's... Is it Fonzie the Superstar? I think is the um, the episode uh, that aired the night Laverne and Shirley aired. I, I think it's January 27th, 1976. I could be wrong. But we've got... I mean, that is... Forgive me. That is one, two, uh, three, four... Yeah, that's like five episodes away. Maybe we'll do it... Uh, spend some time with Laverne and Shirley. I I don't know. I I mean, obviously, when when we get to what is it, season seven, uh, with the crossover, we'll be talking them. And, but but we should bring it up because yeah, well we'll we'll, we'll we'll talk we'll talk more about Laverne and Shirley in a few episodes from now. But they're here and they show up and they're both um they're both fun and they're both chomping away on their gum and they're, you know, like I said blousy broads and the weird the weird thing about the 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 scene is it's very funny uh Shirley punching Richie is hilarious Richie locking himself out of the house and right when he gets through the window discovering Joni left a note saying haha I knew you'd lock yourself out of the house and then locking himself out of the house again is very funny um uh Mr. C and Mrs. C kind of being sent up to their room and Joni laughing at them as they all go up together is great and there's a lot of great bits and I like that they do, they do to me they sell sort of casually sell the fact that it is winter because Fonz has his cool scarf on and and and, and Ralph has his um, earmuffs on. Uh, only Richie seems a little underdressed, but that's okay. Everyone else seems fine. Um, so I, I guess uh, I I don't want to. I'd like this episode quite a bit. I think I think it speaks for itself. It's a very important episode because it introduces Laverne and Shirley, and obviously there would be quite a few points over the next few years where Laverne and Shirley is a more popular show than Happy Days. Happy Days Happy Days was number one for one season. Laverne and Shirley was number one for two seasons. So, 
So yeah, so I I think I think once Laverne and Shirley gets going, um, I I think I think overall Happy Days was more popular. But for that period of time, basic basically like nineteen. 76 77 78 and the first half of 79 until the the schedule was changed at the end of what was it season what is that season six i think yeah at the end of season six then then things went goofy but i think happy days kind of overall i think probably had higher ratings generally but Laverne and Shirley I think at the height I think Laverne and Shirley was sort of higher up they were huge they were they were both huge both shows were absolutely huge that time slot I mean I mean at this this time you know the show's on Tuesday at 9 30 I am two and a half uh I'm probably not remembering the show much at all but I'm going to remember it in a year or two from here and yeah like I've said before Tuesday night eight to eight thirty eight to nine you got happy days eight to eight thirty Laverne and Shirley eight thirty to nine boom Perfect, perfect good time. Perfect good time. Uh, perfect good time? Yeah, perfect fun time, good time. So, yeah, I want to talk about Laverne Shirley more, but um, it's sort of keeping in context of the show, this isn't really the right spot to do that because we don't know who they are. You know, we're just meeting them briefly. We, we re- barely meet Laverne in this. We just see her very briefly. We see Shirley Moore. And the thing, of course, is that people weren't sitting there in November of 1975 going, hmm, this is a very intriguing um, uh, television spinoff that might come from these two women. No, they were sitting there doing... They were sitting there saying um, what what we people were saying at the beginning of the show, which is, "Oh look, it's Ron Howard." P- possibly saying, "Oh look, it's Ron Howard from um, uh, um, uh, Andy Griffith," but most people would have been saying, "Oh, it's Ron Howard from American Graffiti." And during this final scene with him and Shirley, they're saying the same thing. Oh look, what is it? It's Steve and Laurie, I think, from American Graffiti. That's what people are saying right here during that sequence, and it's seeing them together again, um, uh, two years, two years, two two and a half years after American Feet, which is one of the biggest grossing films in 1973. So to me, that's what the scene is. The scene is not. Um, it is not. I mean, for we get foresight and hindsight in this scene, in that we know Laverne and Shirley are going to be hugely popular, and soon, and these characters will be returning again and again and again. But right at this moment, keeping it in context, um, we're seeing a kind of a blousy broad that the Fonz goes out with and spends his evening with. And then we see two sweet characters from American Graffiti in a very funny scene together. And they're they're sort of... And, and Shirley's kind of constantly nuzzled up against Richie, and Richie's constantly looking a little um, awkward and uncomfortable. But um, it's really sweet to see them together in the context of American Graffiti. So I won't go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna wrap this up here. I, I went a little long on on Fonzie the Flatfoot, but I, I think you always tend to go a little longer um, stuff that you don't like as much because you're trying to figure out why you don't like it. Whereas you do like it. Why do I like this? It's funny. It's got a nice pace. The supermarket scene is is a charmer. Laverne and Shirley are wonderful. It's great to see Sidney Williams and Ron Howard together. There are enough laughs throughout. There are callbacks like that. You always lock yourself out. Um, there's the moment with the um, the old guy in the supermarket who um, uh, um, 
you know, pushes his cart into the other carts, and um, Mrs. C, like, handing Joni a box of cookies or, or something like that. It's going on the trip, and, and Joni's saying, why are these all crushed? I don't know. Every every time I go to the supermarket, some old gentleman always crashes his cart into me. And you get a laugh off of that, the call back to that, and then something about, uh, oh, I shouldn't go to that supermarket anymore. They, 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 there was a shoplifter there today. They're still trying to find her accomplice. And then there's a callback laugh off of that. So it's nicely structured. It's nicely put together. And it all ends with three or four sweet minutes with Cindy Williams and Ron Howard together before she punches him in the jaw. And it all ends in chaos and kisses. Boom. So that is, uh, I'll just leave it there. That's a date with Fonzie. It's great. It's great to see the Fonz at the point now where he's willing. Now, now both, both, you know, Ralph does say like, hey, Fonzie, why don't you ever take me on a double date? Why don't we ever double date? You know, you know, why, you know I'm cute. I'm witty. I've got more freckles than, than Richie does. And, and the Fonz says, you know, well, this is an emergency. You know, uh, this, I'm doing this because I have to. You know, uh, Richie's uh, love life is in the toilet, so we got I got to take care of this. Um, but he, he's clearly having a good time helping Richie out, and it's really sweet to see the way their uh, relationship has developed. And, of course, Laverne and Shirley. So I will kind of wrap it up there. Thank you again, everyone, so much for listening. And uh, next up, what do we got next up? I don't know. No Laverne and Shirley, if I remember correctly. Although I've got right on here, she's going to belt him. It's pretty nicely done. It's it's pretty nicely done because it's all in one shot, and she has to kind of get herself lined up, and then and then Ron Howard is walking with all the stuff kind of facing her, and then she spins, and, and it's nicely done. It's nicely done. She throws the punch nicely, and then Richie falls back, and, and then she gives him a big kiss as everyone shows up. And then... Uh, <laughs> And then they cover Joni's face, and poor Joni, she never gets to see anything. She missed it. Uh, and sorry, halfway through this recording, my um, suddenly my nose got stuffed up. It it got really warm here today. I think maybe my allergies are kicking in, just a touch. But um, so forgive me if my uh, I got a little sniffly and my voice changed a bit as we record this episode. But let us hop. What is the next? What is the next one? Uh, we are. Oh, after the next episode, after the next episode, we're halfway through. This season, it's Three on a Porch and Fonzie's New Friend, November 18th, 1975, November 25th, 1975. All right. Uh, Again, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, You can email me at dannyslacks, D-A-N-N-Y-S-L-A-C-K-S at yahoo.com. You can um, uh, go on Addy Super Train 1 on Twitter or Venture Super Train on uh, Facebook, eventuallysupertrain.blogspot.com, uh, all sorts of places. And th- thanks so much for listening, everyone. And um, I'm excited for the next episode. I'm excited uh, eventually when we'll talk some more Laverne and Shirley. But we'll see. Uh, yeah, we'll just see what's going on. So everyone be safe, be good, and uh, be well. And um, uh, we will talk next time. Listen to this. Nothing can hold me when I hold you. So right, you can't be wrong. Rocking and rolling all week long.
addenda. This is literally last minute. I'm about to post the episode, and I realized I forgot to talk about this at the beginning of A Date with Fonzie. I mentioned the scene where they're singing Great Balls of Fire, and it's really odd because it's shot, at, at times it's shot like a regular sitcom, but at times it's shot like sort of a music video, like a... I'm going to say like a hullabaloo or a top of the pops or something, you know, where like the camera kind of like zooms in and out and zooms in and out and does all kinds of crazy tilted angles and Dutch tilts and, and, and all this on the guys as they're playing. And it um, looks really weird. <laughs> I get what they were doing. And there's, I think, every possibility that in November of 1975, everyone would have been like, yeah, I, I get what they're doing. I mean, they're. You know, they do try to make Anson Williams into sort of a poppy star kind of guy. He does. He has a single out in a few years from now, so I, I get what they're doing. It feels a little weird, um, especially at one point when the camera is, is looking up at, at Potsy and, and doing its, whoa, tilted, and, and you can see the, the studio lights over the top of the set, which I think is the first time we see the studio lights proper like that. I forget, actually, if that's true. I'm going to call that so right now but yeah that's it's it's a weird moment watch that scene again and watch it in the in the concept not of like a music video i guess per se but as like um a performance on like a, a top of the pops a hullabaloo uh, uh, I, I can't vouch for american bandstand soul train i haven't seen those in ages but like the zoom in and the zoom out and the, i'm thinking of the um the monty python sketch the um how not to be seen that ends with like the yummy 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 i got love in my tub where they're all in crates high and the camera's like zooming in and zooming in and going crazy that's kind of what this does and it feels weird um they're in the same way that at the start of the the season they're kind of like making the fonz as like a character for the ages although he hasn't really been there yet and the 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 way they're doing kind of like sit on it as a catchphrase that's big that hasn't actually been said yet in this they're kind of making like potsy and the you know semi richie and ralph into sort of like pop stars although that hasn't really happened at all and i love it uh, but where's it going well we'll find out we'll find out. i'm sorry everyone this is just a little addendum from me to you and um now go forth into this good night oh, 